Hi guys, welcome back to season five in the season finale of My Long Girl Problem Podcast. I am your host, Yasmin Owens, and today I will be discussing in the perfect way to end off Black History, and the Black History Month is every day, I feel like. It's celebrate the one, the only, why Serena Williams is the GOAT, aka the GOAT of women's tennis. Now, Serena Williams has been making headlines is nothing new. And the former child prodigy from Compton once knew that as the younger half of the ratchet swinging sisters, William sisters, have been elite athletes for more than 25 years. She won 73 single titles and over 850 single matches, including more than 360 in Grand Slam. She's earned more than 94 million in tennis alone. And on a human level, she's overcoming injury and depression to become a working mother playing at the top one of the most demanding sports but the greatest achievement of serena williams is a title no one can take from her is the greatest female player of all time when she first began her debut serena williams had won 23 grand slam single titles just one of the career martelled by legend margaret core who won 24 grand slam titles during the opening Open era, including 11 Australian Open between 1960 and 1973, and completed a Grand Slam in 1970. And her quote is, It's not a secret that I have my sights on 25, Williams told Vogue earlier in 2018. But already, Sharina is the only player to have won 10 Grand Slam events in two decades, including her doubles and mixed double titles. She has won 39 major titles. But she had a rocky start. You know, she played her first match October 28, 1995 at indoor te- uh, tournament in Quebec City in Canada, where she was trounced by 18-year-old American Annie Miller, 6-1-6-1. And, you know, she was kind of hard on herself. But after the short swing of losses, she had her first big success at the American Tech Cup in Chicago, recording her first one over 10 top players. And before losing the final to number five, Lindsay Dubbin, but Serena cracked the top 100 ranking and was here to stay. And then when she, uh, first time she played with her sister, or they faced off against each other in 1998 at the Australia Open, where Serena beat the six-speed Irene Spirla in the first round before losing her big sister Venus in the second round. But what, when she, and also she has a love for New York because she played most of her matches in there as well. And she won most of her five U.S. Open titles in 2002, 2008, and three more from 2012, 13, and 14. And then while Serena kept on winning and she became also played in the Olympics, you know, she had her early to lessons from her dad. And then she's a killer serve when she plays. And like, no matter what Serena is like going through, she always makes sure she like shows like why. Is there anything Serena Williams can't do? You know, she accomplished a first heroic first in tennis before she retired. Uh, she had an incredible career spanning over three decades. This included being the first and only professional tennis player of any gender to get a career in the Golden Slam in not only singles but doubles as well. But when a tennis player wins in the Australian Open, French Open, Wilmington, and U.S. Open the same year, they achieved a Grand Slam, a feat in itself. But winning a Grand Slam and a gold medal at the Olympics in a single year, you got the rare Golden Slam. Serena Williams earned a Grand Slam in 2001 in doubles with her sister Venus 11 years later, and she won a single gold medal at the 2012 London Olympics in her second Grand Slam. She puts off an impressive stat. She shattered world records. She's played both with and against Venus. She has ranked and prizes. She is business smart. Off top of her winnings, Serena Williams has earned about $45 million for more than dozen endorsement deals with brands including Nike, Kraft Food, Subway, DirecTV, Wilson, Gatorade, Delta Airlines, 
Aston Martin, Pepsi, and many others. But what about her life after tennis? In her Vogue essay announcing her time, Williams explained that she's been investing in startup companies nine years ago and plans to continue to do so through her venture capital firm. Serena Ventures. This firm raises about $111 million in outsourced financing in 2022 alone, and 70% of its current portfolio is business founded by women and people of color. In other words, just because Serena Williams retired from tennis doesn't mean she's going to stop working. And she has a lot of famous quotes that I found that in some way, you know, even though she's an athlete and a tired athlete, Serena Williams is no different because she has plenty of amazing, confident quotes and winning quotes, including some of these that I found. She said in a large January 2019, being strong is never easy. Not in this world we are living in. Setting up for yourself is not going to be easy, but it's always eventually respected. Then she said in Glamour in June 2016, humility is a defining trait. All of us can forever learn. And I try to be as humble as anyone can be. And then for the times in February 2015, I am lucky that whatever fear I have inside me, my desire to win this is always stronger. And those are some of the, the quotes that I like from Serena Williams. But she also wrote a children's book. You know, she created a doll named Quay Quay for her daughter, Olympian Ohio. Since then, Quay Quay, pronounced Quay Quay, has not only become a popular toy, but also an Instagram celebrity. And now the Olympian doll is in the main character in Williams' first child book. The Adventures of Kwe Kwe, which has illustrated by Yinshen Mozi and comes out in September. In the no surprise, the book became a powerful message to young readers about the importance of believing in yourself even when you feel like you're not good enough. And she is not afraid to call it sexism. In the essay that she wrote for Vogue announcing her time, Serena Williams did not mince words when it came to her reason she was stepping down from tennis. After explaining that she and her husband, Alexia, have been trying to expand their family, Williams said she doesn't want to be pregnant again as a professional athlete, writing, I need to be two feet into tennis or two feet out. While Williams stressed that she loved being pregnant with her daughter and being a woman in general, she pointed out that she was forced to make an incredible Difficult decisions specific to athletes with the capacity to give birth. Believe me, I never wanted to choose between tennis and a family, she wrote, but I don't think it's fair. If I were a guy, I wouldn't be writing this because I'd be out there playing winning. My wife was doing the physical labor of expanding our family. And Shereen William always gets back, but she, William Williams may be known for her threat of athleticism on the court, but her, her philanthropic achievements are no are no less worthy of praise. She became a Goodwill ambassador in 2011 and became involved in charities throughout her career. Her and her sister Venus had started the Youthen Prince Research Center in her hometown of Compton, California, in name of their late sister who was killed in the area, improved programming and researchers for the community. William also supports charities in the pandemic, working with organizations to ensure children across America receive masks and donations and meals to fight hunger. I thought it was very impressive because you know Serena Williams always looking out, giving back to the community, and that's what that's all about. And I feel like, you know, throughout the year when she was pregnant, how maternity became her breaking point. When the best tennis player in the world, even taking maternity leave, can prove controversial for some point. William was ranked number one when she stopped playing in early 2017, and was one of the top women players as May of late that year. But the rankings based on tournament results, as she brought little Alexis into the world, she felt number 22 and Addie plummeted her to 491 in March 2018. Her working affected her and she started to play her way back into shape 
and she was unseen at Indian Well, where she won two matches before falling to her sister in the round of 32. Trina then lost her first match at the Maya Open to Naomi Osaka. But the debate over maternity leave and effects on female athletes' ranking would rage. Despite Serena's 20th major single title, she was also unseated at 2018 French Opening. Serena won three of her matches before falling to Mariva Sonovo in the round of 16. Despite her low ranking, she was seeded 25th at Wilmington, where she made the final before losing to Andrew Glenn Quipper, but the results at the All England Cup pulled her ranking all the way up to number 28, and she was seeded 17 at the 2018 US Opening, where she made the final before losing an emotional match to Soka, who first captured her first Grand Slam final. But she's also made like a confident return back to her career, and then mentioning when she lost to Naomi Soka, who dominated the first set, breaking Williams twice to win record, and then she gets uh, the chair umpire Carlos Romo issued a warning against Serena for coaching from the stand. Me, William immediately challenged Raymond to tell him, I don't cheat to win, I'd rather lose. And William was up a service break, but Soka broke back to get back to the serve at two to three. William then smashed her racket to the ground. Raymond issued a point penalty for racket abuse. Soka started 15 to zero, served out the game at love, and tied set at three to three. And after breaking William again with blank passing shot to her backhand, Ahsoka obviously won, and she's like, went off at the Empire again. How dare you such a waste that was cheating to the point of me, and you're a thief too. And like that, that her just kept going back and forth. And she called in for a ref. She was complaining that there has been a lot of men out here that have said a lot of things because she's a woman, you're gonna take that away from me. And sure, Sharina won the ensue game on her serve, but Ahsoka helped to take the championship. And when Ahsoka and William met the net for Grace's hug, but then turned to Raymond and said, You owe me an apology. And then at the trophy ceremony, the crowd booed until Serena put her arm around Tia for Soka. She played well, and that was her first Grand Slam. So let's make the best of this moment we can. Let's not boo anyone anymore. Congratulations, Naomi. After Ahsoka presented the trophy, she quietly said, I know that everyone was cheering for her, and I'm sorry it had to end like this. I just wanted to say thank you for watching the match. It's always been my dream to play Serena in the U.S. Open Finals. I was really grateful to be, to be able to play with her. Thank you. And like, that's how you should be. You should never boo someone just because they, they beat someone. You should, you know, someone has to win, someone has to lose. But at the end of the day, Serena Williams has showed that she is humble. She is graceful. And she's the kind human being who, who we all should look out for, and whether it be an athlete as a woman in general. But I think as a whole, Serena Williams has done a lot for her community and a lot for other female tennis players to never take slack from anyone. And she has proven herself more than multiple times, even when she's not on the court, even though you don't see her, she's still making strides that you see her make quietly behind the scene. And that's how I kind of want to lead off with this for the last episode for Black History Month. And also before I take my hiatus um, for season six for the new podcast, I just want to say come up on here and thank you for everyone who has been supporting me for the past five seasons to all my listeners who have been graciously listening to all the podcast episodes I've been you know faithfully producing out I can't wait to see what season six brings also I would appreciate it if y'all head over to my Instagram my Snapchat or wherever you see me on social media platforms if you have any topics that you want me to talk about for current seasons or any people you'd like to bring on for co-hosts or talk about certain topics I'd love to hear I'd love to hear my audience input and hopefully next season we'll be seeing some big strides for the podcast more bigger moves more collaborations maybe with brands hopefully in the future but right now as I wrap up the season finale of season five I'm just going to take a well-needed break from the podcast of course I'll be still posting other different contexts I'll still be writing 
But right now, I am appreciative of everyone who's listening so far from season one to now season five. Originally, I started this podcast at the height of the pandemic when I first started to give me a platform or just an outreach to voice my thoughts and opinions when the world was not looking its best. And at the moment, you know, the way the world is turning now, who knows what it might lead. But I think overall that no matter what the days, the years, the months even look like, we are all humans. We need to learn to be kind and caring to us. And I hope everyone's Black History Month is going swell because at the end of the day, despite Black History Month, everything that we have gone through as a community, as a generation, we are still moving forward. We keep treading strong. And I can't wait to see where we head off next to. But thank you for listening. Thank you for all support. And I will see you soon with a trailer for season six and when we premiere. But until then, take care. Have a great day. And I will see y'all real soon. Bye.